It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bonds are looking to get close side of Bond. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello. Merry Christmas one and all. Reading one yesterday. Welcome to the Elm Park Rules podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food, best street food in Reading. Been joined today by David Santa Claus Stevens. Dave, how are you? Feeling festive after yesterday. And also been joined by Mary Matt Lansley. Mary Matt Lansley. Yeah, no, good. Very good. I would Even Mary after. Would have appreciated more credit on that. That took me at least 15 seconds to come up with before we started. <laughs> so. Pretty good. I, I'm, I'm quite impressed. I'm quite impressed. How are we both after Reading's 2-0 victory yesterday, Matt? Fantastic. I mean, sat- Saturdays, Saturday evenings, Saturday nights, Sunday mornings, weekends are just better when Reading winners, aren't they? And yesterday was just such a fun day, seemingly. You had a lot of kind of nostalgia coming coming out the game was pretty comfortable or as comfortable as probably would ever see a reading fc win at the moment um yeah it was it was it was a brilliant way to i think open the um uh, festive period for i think all people connected with reading fc and dave you've joined us over in maybe not sunny i was going to say sunny Berkshire, but it really isn't that sunny at the minute is it you've joined not us over in Oh, yeah, I, I, the first part is correct. Yes, I have joined you in Berkshire. Yeah, uh, very, very pleasant welcome home uh, from from the club. Uh, dispatching Wigan. Um, I wouldn't say I was confident going into the game because who amongst us are. But uh, yeah, very, very enjoyable watching it and uh, not just seeing it on a laptop. I was actually quite confident going to the game tomorrow. Uh, yesterday, like I, I. I... I don't know what it was. I don't know if it if, if if it was everything when I looked into Wigan on the preview and everything, but it, something about yesterday. I just had a good feeling that we were gonna we were gonna pull out a, pull out a result, and I have not had that for quite some time going to Reading. You didn't have that against Carlisle last month, no, no, not especially. I, <laughs> I was I was sure we were going to lose to Carlisle because everyone said we were going to win, and we all remember Fleetwood, so. Mm. Uh, yeah, Carlisle was a lovely surprise, albeit from afar. 
Well, we lined up yesterday with, I mean, I guess the lineup yesterday was a little bit surprising, Dave, because Andy Geardom was completely out in Bengway coming in for for him. But um, for me, the main shock actually was that uh, Tom Holmes was named captain yesterday ahead of Nelson Abbey. I guess technically Tom Holmes is still the vice captain at the club, but it seemed a little surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it makes logical sense, as you say, but I feel like there's been at least one occasion where Abby wore the armbands, Yadam came on, and, and Abby just kept the armband. Not every time, but I feel there was one game where that happened. So uh, I don't think, think they were really playing by the rules up until this point. But, I mean, you can't deny that his return to the side uh, has not been a coincidence that we've done a little bit better at the back. So uh, just reward for him, I guess, reinstated. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we've definitely looked more stable since he's come back in uh, last four or five games now. Haven't just looked like completely collapsing when teams have come, come at us really on, on the ball. And Matt, the I guess the one criticism that, that really rounded on Sellers, uh, particularly in kind of September and October, was around the fact that he... He tinkered with his lineup every game, despite having the same formation. He didn't really know what his best eleven was. He couldn't decide what it was. But I think this is, might be the third or fourth game where we've only made one change to the lineup now. Um, and even yesterday's one, it, it seems like it must have been enforced because Andy Yadon was kind of out with a, a small injury, which he's now 50-50 to be back for for Peterborough. So it feels like he's probably got a starting eleven, which he's now happy with. You know, kind of maybe barring one or two names which could be rotated in and out yeah yeah you know and i think it's always good to have you know those one or two potentials that could come out and you know fit for rotation but you know you've got i think you've got the core of the team now haven't we um i mean i i think maybe you could maybe maybe say that final piece of the puzzle might have been you know homes at the back um you know coming in now as well because i think people are still maybe a little bit sure about the binden abbey kind of partnership but since Holmes has, you know, come back and I mean, I think yesterday could be a really big one for him as well, because like you say, coming in as captain and having, you know, another really solid performance, clean sheet as well. You know, first time since forever, seemingly, I think what was it Burton, I think at home, the nil nil was was the last, you know, we, we, we got, which it's just reassuring to see that. But reassuring just to see a consistent lineup. You know, we, we pretty much know who we're going to be seeing on the weekend. That's good. That's good for fan confidence and will be good for the players on the pitch as well. Now they can really look to, you know, start start to move forwards. You know, we've seen some good performances, you know, over the past few weeks and now they've got the consistent lineup. Time to kick on over the Christmas period, New Year period and um, try and clamber out of this relegation scrap. It's funny because we're sitting here discussing, you know, oh, it's great to have a consistent lineup and performances should improve and this that, and the other. And then the first 15 minutes yesterday, Dave, were, was it was tragic. It was so bad. Um, yeah. The passing was abysmal. The shape was abysmal. I, I mean, Dorset on the left-hand side just gave their right back literally the freedom of, of Reading. And yeah. So much space every single time for that first 15 minutes. And yet, I don't really think Wigan actually created anything up until they had a set piece where David Button got injured in, in the 16th minute. And it almost felt like David Button had you know, created his own dying out protest at that point with that break. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Reading were not strong starters yesterday. That that could have just quick one. That could have been a fantastic piece of game management by Button to just go down. 
there and take that break because it did change things. I did. I did. That on. That's, that's another piece of praise for Button from Matt Lansing. We, 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 so no, we, we, we're yeah. getting we're getting there. We're getting there. Yesterday was a good day for Mr. Button. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely think that uh, if if you had you know taken us back to those first uh, ten fifteen and said, oh reasonably comfortable 2-0 win at the end of this you wouldn't have believed it uh headless chickens poor decisions terrible passing um it kind of felt like Wigan were on top but to your point they seem to struggle as much as we have in previous weeks to actually create anything from that dominance so uh yeah perhaps if the opposition quality had been a bit higher uh we would have got into a a bad state in in that first bit because they did not look settled uh, whatsoever. Yeah, I think the only real moment was the, that set piece, that minute 16 with the, you know, with the button game management. I hesitate to call it an injury because I'm really not sure it was an injury. And it almost felt like he went down softly, I would say. But he looked like a headless chicken at this set piece because it was it was fortunate that Wigan didn't create anything here. Matt, um corner comes over from the Wigan left and it, it button sort of comes out for the ball doesn't come out for the ball and then goes back and then he kind of gets stuck in no man's land and I think the Wigan player runs into him um and he goes down injured and there's a break in play yeah you're trying to make me you're trying to get some criticism out of me out of me here for button aren't you um yeah I mean we, we we've said it week on week haven't we coming for crosses is not his strong point um and does cause a lot of problems um you know we're probably a bit lucky as you say yesterday at that point but um I think re- really the good the good point though was that you know they were able to you know weather this storm that there was far too much space out on the wings i think there were there were their wing backs i think cause they were playing i think three at the back yesterday and every single time there was that that space out wide dorset like you say was being just exposed left right and center but at that break of play sellers brought everyone over and it was actually a really good potentially piece of piece of management by sellers he changed something um dorset seemingly was was sticking a lot closer on the outside um after that so you know sellers i think made made those changes at the right time and it really kind of influenced that that first half really and kind of nullified that good start that wigan had i mean one of the quotes that sellers had after the game was after the first 15 minutes for the last half an hour of the first half and basically the whole of the second half is that we dominated the game completely and i think he's right we did um because after that first 15 minutes it was it it wasn't all reading in the sense of we created 25 shots and loads of chances but the ball just didn't come out of the Wigan half at all day for the rest of the half and yeah. Aziz got the opening goal after 35 minutes or so I actually think Aziz had a pretty good game um he creates an awful lot on that right hand side like having him playing much wider than he was doing at the start of the season has helped him immensely he looks like a not a completely different player because he still has those he still has those moments where it like he takes an awful touch or the end pass is poor but he looks much more confident in himself and the you know the goal was a great strike yeah absolutely um it'd be two-faced for me not to say that before he scored 
I uh, had a pretty healthy mix of comments negatively towards him uh, yesterday. Uh, so I will admit that um, he did frustrate me a bit um, early on. Um, still some of his decision-making, uh, some seemingly obvious passes not being made or not being made correctly, things like that. Um, but to be fair to him, when it mattered, <laughs> he was right on it. Um, he, he had a good chance before he scored uh, where the ball came out to him on the edge of the box, I think it was, or just inside the box. And he took the chance to hit it first time. Didn't dither about it, didn't bring it down. He just hit it first time. And there was actually a very good block from the Wigan defender to to put it out for a corner. Um, so you, you, you got a little hint that maybe he was a bit more switched on with his shooting today. Um, and then, well, that was me talking yesterday. Obviously, it was yesterday. Um, but yeah, the, the actual finish uh, was out of nowhere. Uh, it was one of those where you, you weren't kind of like, go on, go on, and then it goes in. Uh, you, you We were watching it. It looked like nothing was on. And he's just lashed it beyond the keeper, who was Mr. Tickle. We have to mention him because of his name. Um, Mr. Tickle looked very sad with his defence for letting him shoot from there. But what a finish. Absolute banger in the definition of the word. His long arms did not help him there whatsoever. Um, you're right. It is a, it's a really good finish by Aziz. Just completely just... It's a striker goal, isn't it? It's one of those like Alan Partridge, just foot like a tractor engine. Um, one of yeah. One of the really nice things about that goal, though, as well, is actually how quickly we transition from defence into attacks. I think it was about 17, 18 seconds from when Abby wins the ball at the back, plays it out to Aziz, brilliant turn, and Aziz's directness really actually kind of drives drives the team forwards. Yes, I guess you could say we get we get a bit lucky with Aziz doing a bit of an Aziz and just passing it straight to a defender rather than the player that's unmarked. Um, but, you know, the quickness we won it back with, again, Wing deserves a lot of credit there. Smith fizzes the ball over and before you know it, it's then in the back of the net from there from a lovely, we'll call it a layoff from, from, from Wing um, back to Aziz. But just seeing that transition of play was just so nice and the fluidity of it as well. Like, I know kind of um it's been one thing that sellers has wanted you know this quick quick fast moving fast flowing attacking kind of or counter attacking football um i guess you know you you saw quite a bit of it in that in that one move um that that was really really nice to see yeah i i mean not all of our moves are like that certainly um some of the moves are kind of up over the top but it's it's good to see us being able to counter-attack with a bit of purpose and a bit of kind of pace. Um, because even though the ball kind of just falls to his ease at the edge of the box, it had been worked out to the you know the edge of the area and wing. You know, I think he was trying to work some some space for himself to be able to either lay the ball back out wide or, or shoot himself. And actually it just fell to Femi Aziz more than anything. Uh, didn't really you wouldn't be crediting him with the assist there then. I mean, I think he's going to get given an assist, isn't he? But I, I don't <laughs> quite know how. Don't quite know how uh, how much he meant to do that. But mm. you know, fair, fair play to Wing. He still gets the assist, so still goes up one one on his tally, doesn't it? And the rest of the, I mean, I don't think after that there was really anything that Wigan offered for the for the remainder of the first half. I, I mean, I watched the rest of the first half thinking actually we could quite comfortably go in at two 0 here. We like we look like the team on top and it, it never really felt troubling after that point, Dave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely 
from the the goal to the halftime whistle, you almost felt like if this keeps playing, we might get another. Um, I think that the remainder of the game was just frustration after frustration for the Wigan fans. Um, it's not like they didn't have chances to create something. They just didn't create it. Um, and, and I think that we've been on the other side of uh, some of those performances in, the, in recent years. And, and you know that feeling, but they had a couple of players that were always finding space, but balls going in, uh, in into where their fans were actually in that, that far corner by the corner flag rather than anywhere near the, the six yard box or, or the goal itself. So um, yeah, not, not much to worry about after that. And uh, how nice it is to say that after experiencing the opposite for so long. Yeah, there was only there was only really one one moment at in that first half where I thought, Ooh, you know, we we might have on another day we might have got away with one there, and that was White's header. Um, I think it was coming towards the end of the first half. White peels away from Abby. It's the one thing I think Abby again, like we and we're going to have it, you know, with with, with young centre backs. He loses his well, he loses man there in in in, in White, and it just leaves an unmarked header. But I mean. The header it almost goes out for a throw in, I think, from from, from Wyke. It was a dreadful, dreadful attempt, I think, um, from him. But um, but yeah, it was uh, that that was really the only kind of kind of piece piece of play really where I felt worried um with with, with Wigan yesterday. It was um I can kind of see after yesterday we talked about it in the preview why they're bottom of the um or, 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 or well, what one of the most overachieving sides I think in the in the championship with they their, just don't create, do they? They don't really? they don't create much. They they have a lot of shots from from twenty twenty five yards as well. Which to be honest, if you're going to limit people to strikes, that's where you want to limit them to. You know, I think they only had three or four shots in total in 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 the box in in the whole game. You know, so again, props props to to the defenders again, Holmes and Abby. You know, for restricting him to that. Um, but but yeah, you know, half time came and it was it, it it was all all nice and comfortable. You know what? You discussed Tom Holmes and props to Tom Holmes um, and props to Tom Holmes. Yeah, because yesterday I think he had a really good game once again, and I think he's solidified his place in the team now. I can't see a reason to for him to be dropped or taken out of the side currently. He's playing at a level which kind of shows that. He's the experienced, in inverted commas, um, one out of the two. And I think it the change from Binden to Holmes has made a big difference. And it's not to say that Binden is a bad player, but previously Abby was meant to be the, I guess, experienced player, despite actually not having any experience at all, and him leading Binden. Whereas now it feels a bit more like Holmes is there to protect Abby as if that's the way that you would look at it, Dave. Yeah, I think you're right. It's um, if it comes down to just skill and technique, much of a muchness. Like th- there's no problems of Binden or Abby in terms of their athleticism, their abilities, everything else. A lot of the difference maker in, in this league seems to be knowing what to do, where to be in that experience. And uh, yeah, Tom Holmes has done it at, at one level higher. And and I think that's coming through a little bit older, a little bit more know-how, 
played alongside some slightly more experienced folks. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely not a slight on Bindon to say that Tom Himes coming in and replacing him has been a positive because in any normal functioning football club, Bindon wouldn't have been thrown into the first team like he has been here. So uh, definitely no no hate to him. I think the one thing about Holmes that I've noticed, especially the last month now, is is his reading of the game is actually pretty strong, Ransley. He seems to be able to yeah. position himself to cover, um, not mistakes necessarily, but to cover through balls, to cover, you know, balls that are just deflected off players, etc. And I still worry about him, like, man-marking people. I think he's very handsy. Like, he, he looks like he's, you know, almost wrestling players at points. But um, when the ball is on the floor, I don't really have a, a, a worry about him particularly now. No, and um, I'm really quite glad you mentioned that because I was gonna, um, I was gonna say something similar, you know. And it, it, it's even the really simple things when a through ball comes comes through, and it's just the knowing of when to leave that to just go to your goalkeeper, or just when to block the player off so it just rolls through to the goalkeeper, and so you're not having to take a touch there, which then could play you into trouble because now you've moved out, you're on your left foot, your weaker side, or you know you're going back towards the corner flag you know it's it's just that calmness to actually know what to do in that position but I think you know you saying that you know it's shielding Abby as well I think it's very fair as well and it's we well we we were really wanting to have an experienced kind of centre-back in there you know we we weren't really sure who who to go to you know because realistically we thought the only option might have been Harley Dean because you know that whatever the fallout was you know, earlier in the season with Holmes, what was what had caused that? You know, we we didn't know, but the fact he's come in and he's showing, you know, those levels that we saw, you know, start of last season, the season prior, where we thought, you know, th- th- this guy could be, a, you know, a, a relatively solid centre back in the championship. You know, we were thinking he could be, you know, like a, you know, a Jake Cooper, a Alex Pierce type level player, and you know, I guess he's, you know, coming back and showing that. What'd be interesting to know is kind of what what's what's kind of caused caused this you know for him and kind of this pick back up the one thing i was going to uh, give as well was it's credit to credit to sellers for actually like not going back on his word as such but going back on his own thought process earlier in the season obviously he drops homes because he's playing badly um maybe there was a falling out don't really know but seemingly whatever it was Sellers seems to have put it behind him and, and Holmes seems to have put it behind him, um, which is great, great to see. So very pleased with that. Yeah, it would be good to know, but I don't think we're going to find out, are we? So second half, Dave, and Reading come out the blocks really quickly again. And we get the goal five minutes into the start of the second half. And it's a, uh, I mean, this goal, we've just all been watching it just before we started. And we, we've all said this goal gets better every time you watch it. Yeah, it really does. Um, in the stadium, so obviously it's the other end from where we were um, down in Y25. And I think that on the night, I thought, oh, wow, uh, we got lucky there. He's He's gone up and he's got something on it and it's gone in. Uh, we needed that. That's great. Get that second goal. But watching it back from the different angles, uh, there's a lot more skill and forethought to it than, than first realised because... Uh, the great ball in uh, in Bengue, I believe, um, and as it falls, you can you can tell that Smith can see 
the movement of the keeper. He knows that the keeper is getting ready to go to the other side of the goal to cover. So he pokes it back across him. So he's got no chance of getting to it. And that's really intelligent play um, that, you know, we've been crying out for, for how long? Um, it's a really, really good finish. And then, uh, yeah, the, the Sam Smith chance fun as well. So uh, getting to hear everyone singing that after he pops it back, uh, back past the keeper was, uh, was a, a lovely, lovely addition to the evening. The um, the finish was actually, it wasn't even really on his toe. As far as I no. can see, Lance, it was kind of like the outside of his foot. Um, and he I, he's done this a few times, not necessarily finished it with the outside of his foot, but he does bring the ball down on the outside of his foot when it comes over the top of him. Um, he's, he's got a very good kind of first touch on him. And he, he knows, I mean, not knows, but he can place the ball where he wants to, um, kind of with the whole of his foot, which, you know, it sounds really basic and, obviously something that professional footballers should be able to do, but actually they can't a lot of the time. So being able to, you know, finish with the outside of his foot like that is actually quite impressive. Yeah. And I mean, the the whole awareness of his game though, I think as well, because I mean, Dave, you mentioned it, you know, the ability for him to read where the keeper's going, that's a big part of this goal, um, you know, realistically, but it's, it's the intelligence that, that, that Smith has, that's I think so, so impressive. And the fact that he's coming up with, with frequent goals as well, um, you know, at the moment he he's, in reality, he's only been back for what you know. I think thirteen, fourteen games now. Um, you know, up and running on 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 five goals now. I think for for the season, he's had a really good kind of start back at back at Reading. Hopefully, um, you know, with, with this team starting to kick on now, because if you start giving him service, he's going to start scoring. So hopefully, with with that coming into play, Smith can really start kicking on. He might, obviously, you know, he's he's not going to be able to get twenty goals this season just because of the amount of games he's missed. But you know, if 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 he can get up to you know again 12, 14 goals for this season, having missed you know 10, 10, 12 games at the start of the season through injury, um, you know that that that's going to be a big thing for him. Um, but props to Smith as well to come back from. Probably his first big setback, maybe of his career, um, injury-wise, at the start of the season, um, and to kick back on at a club that you started at, it was probably maybe a bit intimidating for him to do that. You know, coming back to Reading and kicking on, but we can all see why. You know, he's probably one of one of the top five or six strikers in this division. I might, I might say, um, you know, at the moment, he's got the ability. He's got the ability. Hopefully, we can start start seeing him with a bit more service, and you know. Those those goals will start tallying up. I mean, he's running at one and two almost. He's got five goals, as you said. He's only played eleven games so far in the league for us. So mm. maybe twenty twenty is probably out of the question. Actually, I was going to if, say he, if he gets twenty yeah. goals, then that would be an unbelievable season. I, I wouldn't be like I, th- I think if he if he if he equals like last year and the year before at Cambridge, you know what was that? I think thirteen, fourteen goals. If he gets to that, you know, I think that's a decent season. If he gets, really I think good. if he gets fourteen. 14 goals, I think, is a really good season for a player who misses the first quarter of the season, certainly. So, yeah, it, it's um, it's been a good start for Sam Smith, certainly. Mm. I, I mean, I'd love to, for us to sit and chat about the rest of the half, but I didn't really think Reading created loads in the second half, particularly. Um, the only moment, really, which we should probably touch on is the, I think, one of the, the poorer moments from Nelson Rapp- No. Nelson, Nelson, Abbey yesterday, um, playing out a pass from a goal kick towards Harvey Nibs, really inaccurate pass. We can get the ball back, play it back to Nelson Abbey immediately, who's kind of on the edge of the area. But he he just divers with it here, I think, Matt. Um, 
he divvers with it and David Button makes a save and that's why I'm going to get you to speak about it. <laughs> this fabled moment that we've been waiting for for so long. Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, we, we, we've seen this a few times from Abby, you know, where he's almost he's almost almost stepping on the ball. He doesn't quite know what to do with it in his feet. Um, but this is why you have a goalkeeper in your team, right? He's there to make saves. Um, and sadly, Button hasn't done that all too frequently up to this point. But yesterday, it was a fantastic save. And I wish he could do this on a weekly basis because I don't want to be sitting here and commenting on his inability to come for crosses or, you know, a goal that he's let through his legs or a, a shot that he should really be saving that's not too hard. But I'd I'd pretty much just resigned it to be 2-1 at that point. And so, you know, because I just didn't expect him to save it, but he got down really quickly to his right-hand side and it was a really strong hand away. You know, he doesn't knock it back into the box. It doesn't, it, um, he, he's, he's got um, the Wigan striker just to his right. He doesn't just palm it straight to him. It's a really good save. It's a fantastic save. And really that that's what you need from your goalkeeper. You need your goalkeeper to come up with saves like that every now and again. Big moments, right? Exactly. Because that changes that that changes the half, you know that that keeps it two 0 Wigan probably feeling a bit a bit down or a bit more down at that point. I think it was about 65, 70 minutes as well that save that that he made it. So you know they would have had plenty of time to have potentially come back into it, and that save just makes makes it really and it, a, a quite easy job for Reading to actually just then see out the game, which they do really really comfortably. But yeah, props props to Button on that one. You know, I'd, please let me do it more, David, because I don't want to be ragdolling you every single week. You know, I just I, I want I want to have a good keeper at Reading FC because seemingly we have not had one for many many years. The rest of the second half, Dave, was comfortable as the first half was, and actually, the rest of the second half was. I'll be honest, it was actually just fun because it yeah. was comfortable. Um, you know, the crowd enjoyed it the crowd had fun with it the old chance came out obviously typical christmas chance with uh with five parkinsons coming out we obviously heard the uh Bilotti chant yesterday as well for the first time in feels like a long time but first time we heard Bilotti for for a while and we also got to hear the great escape which was nice yeah definitely was uh good vibes after that um i think there was a Certain amount of the Christmas season, certain amount of uh, beautiful stirring, isn't it? Um, certain amount of relief uh, that we hadn't made any mistakes, hadn't thrown it away. This should be stirring. The way that I'm speaking right now, I feel like I should sit up more straight. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the fond return of the old friend, Bill Oddy. Uh, and it re- went really quickly as well. I think that's the biggest thing for me, is that we... We weren't sat there checking the clock every two minutes, hoping that the whistle would go soon. It actually went really, really quickly. And as they say, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, I agree. The second half did go extremely quickly once we, uh, you know, once we'd gone two up. It, it, it felt like it was over in no time at all, really, um, because nothing, really, nothing, although nothing happened, it just felt like the game kind of heated out quite quickly. Um, we didn't really ever get to a point where Wigan were throwing loads of men forwards and creating loads of chances. Um, and I think it just basically gave the crowd the opportunity to 
enjoy and have fun, as it were, Matt. Um, felt like 1871. There was definitely some old heads in 1871 who decided to bring out those old chants. I'm a big fan of the fact that lots of people joined in with five Parkinson's as well. Yeah. All, all of them, to be honest. And I think I think the biggest thing about it was, um, you know, often at the end of games, we've got nervousness within the crowd because we know what Reading kind of have done historically, not just this season, but seasons gone by, you know, the past two, three, four seasons. We've given away stupid goals, sloppy goals, lost last minute. That never felt like happening today. It re- or yesterday, it really didn't. And that just gave the crowd a boost. And yeah, if we can have more more end of the games like that, with the great escape ringing around, of course. You know, I want them to play the great escape at the end of the game. Scrap the grandstand <laughs> theme tune. It's so out of touch now. Grandstand hasn't been a TV show for 15, 20 years. It's it's very out of touch. Get the great escape going. Well, when we get out of the relegation zone. Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. Great, great escape was even older than that, though. Really, when, when you think about it, I don't know, but <laughs> relevant though, right, to the situation. Like, yes, I yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's relevant to us. Yeah, no, it, it's it's not as out of touch. It feels it feels like you know that that's kind of what this season feels like at the moment. But the stadium just had a really nice vibe about it, or just a really kind of like christmasy relaxed celebrationary kind of vibe which is just something that we've not had seemingly at reading for you know a good few years you know i guess maybe you might say you know at the end of um the 22 23 season when we secured safety um you know after swansea um potentially or further back but it was just it, it was just so nice just having having that that last 15 minutes yeah because you, you feel like something's building with the team at the moment. You feel like there's there's actually something there. There's something that fans can start getting behind, um, you know, which all everything will be easier once once the ownership situation is sorted and that that gets cleared out of the way. Because I think there's a really good call to this team, you know, and and if if they can start building on this and going forwards, you know, through Christmas, New Year, pick up some points quickly. They can really start to kick on. Um, well, yeah. When you look at the last six, we've we've picked up eleven points now in the last six, Dave. And then you look at the teams above us, or who are just above us in the table, at least. You've got Exeter, who they've plummeted like a stone. I don't even know when they last won a game, but they've only picked up uh, two points, I think, in their last six games. Not even sure. I think they've only scored one goal in that time as well. So it feels like that's an ideal time to be playing them on New Year's Day. Cheltenham is a it, it's a tougher game. I think a lot of our fans might expect us to go to Cheltenham and win, but they've been a lot better in the last 10-12 games um, than they were in that start of the season. What, what's your kind of like points expectation total for these games up until New Year's Day with Peterborough? Peterborough away, Cheltenham away and then Exeter at home. Yeah, I think Peterborough away is the the one I'm most concerned about, uh, like most fans, I'm sure. Um, we do not have a good record up there. Um, they are on a rich vein of form and, you know, us and away games, uh, not, not the greatest. But if we could do something there, a draw, sneak a win, what it would do for the confidence would be huge. So I hope that they're going all out for it and, and they're taking that seriously. Um, but, you know, it, I won't be devastated if something doesn't go our way there because, you know, it, it's the two ends of the table playing each other. 
Um, so yeah, let, let's say a, a cautious one point, maybe none from there. Um, Cheltenham, we've got to go out and win that. Um, I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I do think that there's the potential for that to be a difficult game, but um, that has to be a target. They're, they're so close to us in the table. Um, it's you know the form is where we need it to be right now, uh, going in the right direction. Let's double down and get that done. Um, and then, yeah, New Year's Day, Exeter. If you play the team just above you in the league, you've got to go out and make sure that you get that done. I think Exeter is a must-win, Matt. Exeter is a must-win. If we don't beat Cheltenham now that we've beaten Wigan, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit less upset. Um, I, I kind of always went with the, if we get seven points from those three games, and I think that's a decent return. Um it's more not now not losing to Cheltenham because then they close the gap and so on and so forth. Everybody gets it, I'm sure. Mm. But um, yeah, well, a, I, win, a win for Cheltenham puts them above us. So you know, just just don't yeah. don't let that happen. Like like say it's a must not lose. I'd say Cheltenham because away from then, home as well, pick up a point. It's a good point. Yeah, and then as Dave says, the the game against Peterborough, it's kind of one where if you pick up anything, it's it's going to be a kind of a difficult game to pick up even a point, but. You know, we've slightly improved over over the last month or so. Maybe there's maybe there's a chance we can get a point, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold up too much hope as long as we don't go there and you know put in a completely embarrassing three, four, five nil kind of performance and it's competitive. Then I I'm kind of okay with that. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't you don't want to have a hammering, you know, four nil or something. You know, have another Blackpool moment or a Charlton moment, right? avoid that you know as long as you're competitive kind of i guess you know like you know just keep it like the game in in, in the summer um you know it's it's a different time in the season and everything i know that um since, since that point but you know peterborough are a really good team so you know you've got to take that into account of course you want to win every single game but you know we're, we're down near the bottom free hit yes just don't take a just don't take a hammering you know just try and continue this this kind of good play that you know you're building on and if if you can then get a draw out of that you know brilliant if you can get a win out of that fantastic um but yeah just don't i'd, I'd almost just say yeah just just don't don't get yourself hammered don't don't fall three four nil down um because i think then that's that's going to be the dampener right and then that can upset your preparation for for Cheltenham for Exeter, it might turn you know a bit of fans fans back against um, you know um, the manager and everything. Which is he you know, winning fans over? Do you think at the minute? I think over so. The last six weeks or so, do you think people are? Because obviously, uh, I'd say end of October, he kind of lost ninety five percent of the fan base, pretty much. Do you think he's winning back some of that fan base now, Dave? I think people are warming back up to him. Um, I think that when he came in, the general vibe was, you know, his hands are tied behind his back. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt and and not judge him too harshly. Um, but once you get, you know, 10, 15 games into the season, there's not a lot of that goodwill left when a lot of what we were seeing that we didn't like were repeated instances of the same thing. Uh, it's like, okay you can't really control the circumstances you're under but you can control that um so i think he lost a lot of the fan base for that reason um but definitely since he's landed on this settled more settled lineup just about with the odd changes here and there um and we've seen much better performances even if it's taken a little while for the the results to come through 
um, I do think that people are back to giving him a little bit of, okay, well, he's learned now and he's definitely working under some rough situ- uh, rough circumstances, essentially. Um, and, and that's potentially where we've gotten back back in good favour. I think I think that last thing you said, David, thinks the crucial thing. I think for a lot of the fans, and that's the fact that he's seemingly learning from what maybe some of the some of the pitfalls earlier in the season and things he got wrong earlier in the season. The you know maybe some of the the player management. Yeah, with a rookie rookie manager though, isn't it? You're going to have somebody yeah. who comes in and either they get lucky when they come in and they start winning straight away, or they don't. And you know, Sellers obviously didn't. And then you kind of find out what a manager is actually like after that. Because you either find out that they are a stubborn bastard who decides that they're only going to stick to the one system that they play and that's it, or that they are going to try and succeed in management somehow and actually, you know, not just stick to that one system and actually work with what they've got and and change up what they've got. And it it reminds me, I mean, Sellers is kind of um, reigned so far. It reminds me of the Brendan Rodgers era slightly because when he came in, he came in and he had this you know, this vision of how we were going to play. And actually the players that you had available to him couldn't play the style whatsoever. Where the difference obviously being that Brendan Rodgers never really switched away from the style of play that he wanted to play, whereas Sellers has kind of had to... Well, I mean, he's not been forced to, but he has he has switched over from that, you know, four, triple, two, narrow formation that we were playing. And now we're actually playing with a lot more width and, you know, a focal point as it were as well. Um I think that's the that seems seemingly the, the big difference. I think one of the nicest thing as well is that kind of the the, the team bond that he seems to be making as well. Because even I mean, you saw it in the the behind the scenes video that the club did. Um, uh, you know, um, of the of the game against Wigan, home seems you know really happy. Um, all the players as well seem really happy, really content with each other. You know, the players were kind of pushing Sam Smith to the front, you know, taking the plaudits from, you know, Y25, 26 and Club 8 and 71 at the end of the game yesterday. There seems to be a really nice kind of vibe around those players as well. And kind of for a manager to do that as well in the circumstances that he's battling with at the moment, you know, not just kind of himself, but for the team as well, you know, everything going on, that's really hard, but he's been able to maintain that. He's been able to learn from his mistakes earlier in the season he's still probably going to make, you know, a few, few mistakes, you know, go, or we'll make probably a lot of mistakes going forwards. Every manager, you know, does. Um, but, you know, I think the fact that he's, he has kind of come back from, you know, that, that period mid September to kind of late, late October. And we, we do seem to have kind of something to hold on to now and kind of look to going forwards. And that's the nicest thing. Um, and I think that's the thing that, you know, fans will probably most resonate to, you know, that, that, that ability to learn and the fact that he's, you know, now giving, giving the fans something something to hope for and something to back i agree he's uh giving a little bit of a little bit of promise and a little bit of hope there let's round it out it is christmas i want to know from both of you what most what christmas food are you most looking forward to tomorrow for me as as dave's deep in thought he's he's it's an easy decision for me it's it's pigs in blanket no, there's nothing like pigs in blanket on a on a on a christmas lunch i know that's one for the for the for the carnivores out there but um but but yeah uh roast potatoes every time um i my kingdom for a properly done roast potato yeah can't wait good solid How about you? what time were you what are you going for oh i'm a roast potato guy all the way nice what time will you be opening gifts will it be early first thing yeah 
They're hanging about in this house. No, it's after dinner. Yeah, you you have a nice morning. You cook, you cook the dinner, and then you eat it. You feel like your your stomach's going to blow out your out your stomach. Said something twice there. Um, It it feels like it's going to explode, and then you open presents. See, and this is why we podcast, everybody, so that you can hear these differences in family (laughs) traditions. Hopefully, you all have a good family Christmas at home, wherever you are. Enjoy yourself. Um, eat lots and drink lots and have a good time and spend time with your loved ones. Uh, we'll be back on the 27th um, in a few days' time after the game against Peterborough. Until then, have a lovely Christmas. Thank you, Matt, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, David, for joining me as well. David? I'll go with David for now. I've David. David twice on this podcast. I'm in trouble. Um, yeah, lovely <laughs> to be here. Thank you. Everybody listening, have a lovely Christmas. We'll speak to you all after Christmas. Until then, up the ding.